You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. You like dry places. Well, yeah, I, I, I grew up. I grew up there. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not a snack person, so basically, I draw a line about South Florida. I mean, <laughs> but the, the problem I have is being that Boy Scout who earned all those badges. It's impossible for me to pick a particular thing. I have to ask someone, "What do you want? What do you want to see? And what do you want to get out of it?" And then direct them in that position. My first studying, I was actually going to be a school teacher, and then th- that never went all the way through, and I became a space worker instead. But I love to teach and help people get out there and do it. One of my joking bylines: Remember, I, I, I'm no longer anywhere near 21, 31, 41, or 51. <laughs> so the joke is, you know, if the old gray-bearded guy can do it, how hard can it be? That was Sandra Friend and John Keatley. If you've been around the Florida Trail community for any length of time, you likely recognize those names as being the owners and operators of the Florida Hikes website and the developers of the Florida Trail Hikers Alliance. Sandra, with her outdoor experience and extensive writing history, she's the author of more than 30 books, and John, with his love of the outdoors and background working in the space industry and with the Eagle Scouts, have become the preeminent sources of all things Florida hiking and outdoors. Just like you can't have a Florida Trail podcast and not talk to the founder, Jim Kern, you can't have a Florida Trail podcast and not talk to Sandra and John. In this episode, they share their backgrounds with the Florida Trail, Florida hikes, and other adventures through traveling and travel writing. One thing I definitely picked up in my conversation with them is that the Florida Trail community cannot rely on one or two people to sustain it, to be the bearers of trail data and community. It's up to others within the Florida Trail and hiking community to start pitching in and adding into the conversation to keep pushing the Florida Trail to develop. I know I already see this in many ways on social media, but if you've got a mind to be more involved in the Florida hiking community, don't hesitate to get out there and start being a steward of the trail. To take the trail where it needs to go is going to demand group involvement. In closing, Sandra also received the Florida Trail Association's Lifetime Achievement Award at the FTA's annual meeting this year. I would say that is definitely extremely well-deserved, and definitely congratulations to you, Sandra, and thank you for all of the work you've put in over the years. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher, as it will help others find the podcast. Please share the podcast with your other hiking friends, too, so that they can begin planning their hike on the Florida Trail. You can find me at Orange Blaze Podcast on Instagram or at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com online. Enjoy the episode. Um, if you want to just get started, if you want to kind of, I guess, introduce yourselves um, so people know who you are, but I, I think so many people probably already know who you are on a um, cursory level, but um, who you are, your backgrounds, and how you kind of came to hiking in Florida and the Florida Trail. All right. Well, look, just to give you some background, uh, I guess I'll start. Go first. Uh, I'm Sandra Friend. I've been a lifelong hiker and an outdoor writer for almost 25 years now. I grew up in the Appalachian Mountains in New Jersey, very close to the Appalachian Trail. But my parents, my dad particularly, had a love of Florida. So starting from the age of three, Uh, They used to bring me down to Florida every year, and we would go to natural places because, of course, they were free or cheap to do. I spent a lot of time in the outdoors. So very early on, before I even knew a Florida trail existed, I hiked along it with my parents in Stephen Foster, the Swanee River. 
and also at um, Juniper Springs, mm-hmm. wander through the woods there. So I have you know fond memories of those explorations. We moved to Ocala in the 1970s, and while I was not heavily into trails as a teenager, I you know had inklings that something was being built over there and something was going on. But after I got into college, I went up to Pennsylvania, moved to Pittsburgh, and it was there I got involved with hiking and backpacking. Mm -hmm. I came back to Ocala in the late 90s because my sister, younger sister, was dying of brain cancer Mm. and came back to be with my parents, help the family through the crisis. And it was then I took my first hike as an adult on the Florida Trail in the Ocala National Forest. And that just awakened something in me that, hey, I forgot about all these things I did as a kid. I need to go explore Florida again now that I'm a backpacker and a lover of the outdoors. And that's how I kind of jumped in with both feet on both the Florida Trail and hiking in Florida. I was already writing about the outdoors at the time for folks like Backpacker Magazine and many newspapers across the country. And I just happened to write a piece about my um, hike across Bradwell Bay with Kent Wimmer, who's the <laughs> annual Bradwell Bay Swamp Tromp that he's famous for. Mm-hmm. And that caught the eye of a Backpacker Magazine editor, whose name you might be familiar with, Karen Berger. Mm-hmm. And she invited me to both write for Backpacker, for Gorp.com, and hooked me up with Countryman Press, the folks who were desperately looking for a writer to write about 50 hikes in Florida. So that's kind of what got me on the whole road of writing about hiking in Florida and writing about the Florida Trail, was that Bradwell Bay experience. And how was that Bradwell Bay hike back then? Wet. As you might expect, it it was the first time I had waded deep into a swamp. And it was both shocking and exhilarating. Uh, As I was carrying a point-and-shoot camera with me, I discovered I had to tuck it into my bra to keep it from getting wet. That's how deep the water was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was quite the experience, and it was fun to write about, and I just kind of posted the experience online in a forum and Karen saw it and said, you need to write for me. And that's what <laughs> opened my you know, foot in the door for writing about the outdoors in Florida. Interesting. And how about you, John? I think you're from Florida, right? I'm a native Floridian. My father moved here with my mom in 1957 because my dad wanted to work on the space program. Okay. So my dad was actually in the blockhouse when they launched the first Atlas V. And a few months later, I was born. And what got me into the outdoors is I'm an Eagle Scout. Um, 21 mm-hmm. badges required to get Eagle. Well, I'm one of those kind of guys as a kid that earned 45 extra badges. <laughs> uh, hiking, camping, canoeing, nature, mammals, insect study, anything in the outdoors just seemed to have stuck for me. And I stayed active in the scouting program all the way up until a few years ago. But as a boy... Uh, I didn't venture away from it until I was a young adult at 21. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to work at Kennedy Space Center. Uh, Prior to the shuttle arrival, I was actually part of the team 
and it got the facility ready for the space shuttle. And then I was very fortunate to have a 32-year career working with space shuttles, actually opening the hatch up one time and letting astronauts out, including Robert Griffin and Sally Ride. Wow, that's so cool. The only only time I ever did anything like that, it was a unique flight. Uh, So that was my... That was my working from the time I was 20, 21 until I was basically about 53. Um, but I went out as often as I could. Um, number one, I'm a, I'm the bicyclist. In the crowd. That's uh, what I, I thought. I love hiking and I've hiked and I've paddled and I've bicycled my entire life. And a lifelong dream was the Appalachian Trail. Well, my job had come to an end and the time was there. So I went down to Lake Okeechobee to do the 109-mile hike around Lake Okeechobee, annual event. And that's when I met Sandra, who was actually working on an article uh, for a newspaper about the hike. And we struck up a friendship. And I started joining her as she was working on a 50 hikes in the Orlando area. Actually, it was five-star trails in Orlando area. (laughs) It's only done 30 something. You lose track after that. <laughs> we struck up a friendship while hiking, and it was really, really a unique friendship. Um, I was still planning to leave for the Appalachian Trail a few months before I was going to leave. I walked into her home, and she looked at me and said, Can I go with you? Well, this is okay. on audio, so I'll clean it up. I said, Oh my gosh, I really hate to screw this up because we've become such really good friends. Going 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, living in a teeny little tent, you know, a a small one bowl we ate out of, uh, you know, that's a six-month trial was our goal. Um, I said, why not? And um, we made it 525 miles uh, before a medical issue kicked me off the trail. But in that 525 Mm -hmm. miles, we became such a team and it just, it, it worked as I never imagined a relationship could possibly work. So uh, here I am into my second career as a travel writer and a photographer, um, doing all the things that I had planned to do after my space career had come to an end, but now I'm not doing it alone and I'm getting to share it, share it with a huge audience. And that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing I've enjoyed seeing is you two work together and how much you guys have done together. I feel like you've just put out so much content and so much work in the last five years that, I don't know, it's pretty amazing to me. So, good work. That's, that's what it means about being a team, honestly. I mean, when I met John and I read what he was writing, and he was just writing in daily journals, I said, my goodness, you need to be published. And when we went to the AT, it was my intention to go offline for the entire period. And he said, oh, no, you have an audience. You can't do that. People want to know where you are. And I said, well, then, dear, you're writing, too. It's not (laughs) just me. And that's where our collaboration began, was blogging about the AT hike. When we got back from the Appalachian Trail, we discovered that the um, the author of the AT Guide, uh, David Awal Miller, mm-hmm. was a neighbor of John's. He didn't know that until he went to pick up the guide before our hike. <laughs> so we sat down with him and said, hey, we'd like to create a new Florida Trail Guide because I've written several in the past. That's a lot like the AT Guide. Can you give us some pointers? And he did. He was very kind about it showed me how to do some of the mapping and the icon stuff that 
I just hadn't thought of doing in previous guidebooks. And it just made it a much better product. And with both of us doing the research, made it a much more thorough product than I could have ever done on my own. Mm-hmm. We produced a brand new book, not having a clue how big our audience was. Um, contacted a printer here in Florida, uh, made all the arrangements. Sandy did all the layouts, but we we're like, how many do we print? So we're looking at each other because, you know, we're paying for that initial print. What are we doing here? So I believe we did 500 on the first try yep, here. Yep. Let's see how 500 sell. So we ordered 500. We drove over to Tampa, loaded them in my car, and back we came and you know, hung out a shingle, Florida Trail Guide for sale. And they lasted <laughs> two months. <laughs> so we were quickly into a second. Two months. Wow. Yeah. There was obviously a hunger for it because it had been seven years since I'd put out a previous guidebook off the Florida Trail, and people were still using that old guide. Heck, I was meeting people still using my old, you know, blue guidebook from uh, back in the early 2000s, 2003. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so out of date. I can't I, believe you're even trying to follow that book. Yeah, we have that book, and we used it a lot when we were in Florida. So <laughs> it was helpful back then. Well, yeah, mm. something better than nothing. Yes, right. I think I'm losing connection with you guys. I don't know if you can hear me. You cut out in and out, but you're fine right now. Uh, okay, go back, I guess, to the blue guidebook if you want to talk about that for a second. Okay, well, the uh, the blue guidebook, the Florida Trail official guide, was back in 2003. I think that came out. I worked on it in 2001-2002, and that came about because of Bart Smith. Now, today, everybody knows Bart as the guy who's done all the National Scenic Trails and photographed them all. Back Mm -hmm. then, he was just starting into that effort. He looked me up at a Florida Trail conference and said, I want to do a book with you. And that would be the coffee table book we did together along the Florida Trail. Yes. I, I wrote the essays. He did the photography. But at the same time, that publisher, they they were based in Colorado and they're no longer in business, uh, was looking for both a guidebook and a coffee table book as a pairing. That's the way they were approaching things. Mm. So I said, okay, I'll do the guidebook, not knowing exactly what that meant. I had already done 350 hikes guides and they were a heck of a lot of work, you know, Florida's a huge state, so just canvassing the state for those three guides was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew right off the bat that I could not afford to through hike the trail to do the guidebook. So the first thing I did was sit down with Joan Hobson, who, along with Susan Rockmore, had done the most recent Florida Trail guidebook. It was a self-published effort on their part in 1998 and 1999. And it was pretty much a guidebook for thru-hikers. So I sat down with them, went over everything, said, okay, tell me the state of the trail. Then I sat down with Deb Blick, who was working for the Florida Trail Association at the time as their uh, trail inventory coordinator and said, okay, let's talk about the state of the trail. And I used their information as a jumping off point. And then I went out and did sections I felt comfortable doing where I could round up a group of friends and go backpacking, or I could go out and do a piece on my own, and I felt fine about doing it. And 
you know, being a linear trail, the logistics of doing it is kind of difficult when you're section hiking. Right. But back then in the early 2000s, the trail was far more fragmented than it is today. So, of course, I, you know, drove all the roadwalks. What else are you going to do? <laughs> right. I'm not going to hike them to write a book about it. So that book was focused on the pieces of the trail that existed then. And, of course, it didn't go into the extreme depth that our current book does now. And the whole reason we've gotten into this crazy amount of depth about the trail is the Florida Trail app, <laughs> which, yes. which is a totally new and modern thing. And, boy, you, you cannot fake it when you are writing about every little waypoint along the Florida Trail. You have to be there. And it's right. taken quite a few years to get out there and get to all those spots. But between John and I, we've been on every foot of the Florida Trail. Obviously, on the road walks, not all of them on foot, but we've been to every single you know, right. piece of the Florida Trail over the past few years. Um, so can you tell, tell us a little bit about that app? How did you develop it? And um, did you get any advice from anybody else? Well, the app actually is, you know, Gut Hook Hikes. Uh, it was Ryan Lynn, Gut Hook, again, who came to us at an old gathering and said, I would like to do a Florida Trail app. Okay. He already had an Appalachian Trail app. He worked with another company, which uh, they're in partnership with Sierra Sierra Guides for a um, Pacific Crest Trail app. And he'd done apps to other trails around the world. And basically, all we did to start was take the information out of the Florida Trail Guide and push it into an app format. We do none of the technical work. You know, between John and I, we don't know a thing about app development. Okay. <laughs> we, we are maintaining a spreadsheet, which Ryan then pulls all the data out of okay. to, to feed the app with. We don't know the magic behind the scenes that makes it happen. We just give him the data and he runs with it. Okay. So, the two work hand in hand. That's yes. the amazing part. That's the amazing part is as we realized, hey, you know, to add more detail to the app we really need to be adding more detail to the guide it's a synergistic thing they feed each other and obviously we can update the app a lot more quickly than we can the guidebook in print versus online Mm -hmm. so anytime we can run out there and collect information about a brand new piece of trail being moved off of um, the highways and into the woods we get out there and do it because it can automatically go right into the app. Right. Now, are people mostly using the book or the, or the app? I mean, I feel like everybody refers to apps these days. You know, I, I can't say for sure. I think it's definitely split. There's, there's folks who absolutely love the app and want nothing but. And a lot of people contact us and say, well, I'm not buying an app. I want a book because... I want to have a planning document in my hand to mark up. Right. And I can understand that because, you know, I do that kind of planning. That's the way I think. Our mm-hmm. second edition book, we ordered a lot more books, but come to find out it still wasn't enough book and books, and we had to make a second printing of even it. So when we did the third edition, we currently did, uh, we work with the Florida Trail Association, so they get, a, they get the first batch so they can sell them through their store. Um, but this third edition, I was recently counting in our book room 
And I think it's going to be close whether we will have enough books uh, for our next season. Wow. We have to do it. We may have to do uh, another printing. What's happened is people are now hearing about the Florida Trail. Sandy and I are both members of the Florida Trail. I first hiked on the Florida Trail when it was only five years old. In the early 1970s, my Boy Scout troop did the Ocala section, and we earned our 50-mile hiking award in Backpacking Magazine. The, our backpacking merit badge. So, you know, I've been active quite some time in the Florida Trail, but they never, their outreach was never what it should have been. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is people like Sandy and myself, um, Chuck and Chuck and Tigger, uh, Randy Anderson and um, Luann, and Luann mm-hmm. we've become like ambassadors of the trail. You know, people come up to ask, ask us questions about it. I'm asked questions standing in line in a restaurant, uh, getting at groceries. <laughs> Sometimes we get to talking about trails to different. Places. Wait, well, that's, that's crazy. Bus at state parks and asking us questions. Because the first wow. thing I have to say to people is, we are not the Florida Trail Association. We are Florida Hikes. You know, the Florida Trail is just one tiny little segment of us and Florida Hikes. Mm-hmm. They are probably the most knowledgeable of what's going on the trail at any time, uh, just because of Sandy's connections for all these years. And all the feedback and we the, get from hikers to keep all the books up. Right. Well, that goes back to my, I had a question about the Florida Trail Association and their book that they had out, which was what we used in 2011. Um, and it's, it just wasn't feasible for them to be updating that book. And that's why you put out that book or how did that happen? Well, actually I was the author of that book. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have uh, to go back and look at that. Yes, you do. There were three editions of a book. Uh, the first one was done in 2003, basically concurrent with my uh, official guide. And they were called the companion guide for long distance hikers. And they were modeled on the Appalachian Trail Companion Guide, for which I was a field editor for one season. Um, It basically was to take the information that was in the official guide and extend it for the logistics needed for long-distance hiking. And that's where Joan Hobson's background information came in and was a big part of it. And as... That evolved over time, both with my own long-distance experience and Deb Blick, who um, provided the mapping for that book. Okay. When I resigned from the Florida Trail Association, I was a staff member for five years. And frankly, I just wanted to go back to freelancing. I, You know, five years was plenty. Mm-hmm. So I went back to freelancing, and when I left, I said, you know, it's up to you guys whether you want to continue this book or not, but I walked away from it. I needed a clean break, and I needed to focus my efforts elsewhere for a while just okay. to get my head clear. Uh, five years later, they'd done nothing, and I told them, you know, you guys, it, it's not in my copyright or your copy. It's just out there, so, you know, if you want to, nobody seemed to want to do it. So. When John and I met and we did the AT hike and we looked at each other afterwards and said, well, no one's ever updated my old book. I guess we could run with this. And, you know, FTA would probably sell it if we did. We contacted them and say, yeah, we'd like a, a new book. So okay. that's, how, that's how we went forward with that. 
Okay. But yes, there were three editions of the book called the the Florida Trail Companion Guide for Long Distance Hikers, and I did all three of those. Okay, I wasn't clear on that, but that's good to know. <laughs> so maybe you could talk about how the trail and the community has changed. I mean, you've talked about how it has exploded in popularity in the last couple of years. Um, you know, the good changes, the bad changes you've seen, and um, you know, what, what hurdles we may be facing in the future. I'm, I'm going to step way back and then I'm going to let Sandy do the modern. She's, she's been into it. You have to remember when I hiked the Florida trail the first time with my 50 miles, I had a canvas backpack with an aluminum frame. I was carrying a canvas tent with no floor and no mosquito netting. Mm. My tent and backpack weighed more than my backpack on the Appalachian Trail. Wow. One of the monster things that's changed out there has been the gear. Now, the lightening of the gear has made it a lot more accessible to other people out there as well, because from my early days in scouting and then being out on my own, I rarely would run into anyone when I was out hiking. So that is the biggest thing that I have seen in my hiking lifetime is it go from only a handful of people that you'd run into rarely to now having, I tell people the Appalachian trail has a community and now slowly we of the Florida trail have our own smaller community and it'll never be the Appalachian trail community. And that's fine because the smaller, closer knit we are, the better it seems to work. So right. that's the part that I've seen now with the accessibility of the social media, the meetup groups, um, and, and just the sheer number of people that are out there now. Uh, it's all changed for the better in that way. And then I'll jump in for my, you know, my first involvement with the trail was when I moved back to Florida in 1999. Uh it was after those first couple of hikes on the Florida Trail. I found the Florida Trail Association joined as a member, immediately started volunteering to help update websites and trail information and whatnot. But the trail information portion of what I started doing and I've continued to do to this day was sparked by one person who's still very special to us, and that's Nimble Will Nomad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I met him in 1998 when he was doing his first long-distance hike up at Trail Days in Damascus, Virginia. And he was peppering me. We were standing in the cafeteria line. He was peppering me with all kinds of questions about the Florida Keys. He didn't know anything about them, and he needed to go back and hike him. And what could I tell him? And afterwards, we stayed in touch, remained friends. So when he decided he was going to do a southbound ECT hike, He learned about the Western Corridor, which was a brand new piece of the Florida Trail in the early 2000s, and said, you know, I know nothing about it. Could you scout it out for me? So I said, sure. And I went out with a boyfriend at the time and hiked the entire thing end to end Mm -hmm. and sent him reports and took copious notes, lots of pictures. Um, There wasn't GPS at the time, or at least I didn't own one yet. But, you know, trail data, real data. And that was the beginning of my collecting trail data and sharing it with people. So it was to get him through his ECT experience southbound. 
after that, I started doing the 50 hike series, and that's what taught me how to collect trail data. And it went, you know, from the 50 hike series, I jumped into doing the first Florida trail guide. Mm-hmm. So at that point, my book on the Florida trail in the blue book was only the second publicly available book on the trail ever sold in bookstores. There was one written in the late 90s by Nancy Gildersleeve that I think is called Florida Hiking Trails. We have a copy on our shelves here somewhere. Prior to that, the Florida Trail Association had made a determination that information about the trail should only go to people who were dues-paying members. Hmm. So in order to get maps or even trail descriptions, you had to join the organization. So even though the trail had been in existence for almost 20, 25 years at that point, and it was under everybody's noses in Florida, the only people who knew about it were FTA members and land managers. Oh, that's frustrating. It is. And it wasn't (laughs) until, you know, my official guide came out in 2003. It was sold in bookstores nationwide because the publisher was Colorado-based that people actually started learning about the Florida trail outside the confines of Florida. Hmm. And obviously since that point, social media has accelerated knowledge of the Florida trail, something fantastically. Yes. Yes. I've been pretty amazed. I feel like the last three years, it's just been crazy (laughs) with, with social media in, in the Florida trail. And I can only imagine it's going to get even more, um, more popular, hopefully, in the next oh, five to ten years. So, yeah, I mean, it's good and it's bad. You know, social media is a double-edged sword, as we see every day. Mm-hmm. People get on there and show beauty, but they also rant and rave and complain about things that, hey, there's nothing you can do about. Right. So it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a different method of communication. What it is doing is broadcasting knowledge of this trail far more broadly than could ever be done in the past just by publishing books and articles. Right. I, I, I served as communications director for the Florida Trail Association for five years. And during that period, I revamped the website for them three or four times, wrote a lot of detail about the trail, started a blog about the trail that actually I won a uh, national award from the Forest Service for. Mm. And all of that, and wrote a lot of articles for Backpacker and other magazines, uncredited, all of that to promote the trail and get it more well-known. And I think that definitely gave a leg up. But once uh, I left that position, it was never filled again and was never considered, you know, as something they needed to put in place again. They have a communications director. They have a lot of other priorities right care of right now so promotion was not a big priority i understand they've got a big promotional push coming up over this next year so we'll see how that goes we look forward to seeing more out there about the trail right social media has helped a great deal but there's one thing that you just can't take it away we're walking around in short pants and hiking in the middle of winter But we constantly tell people as we're traveling across the country and we talk about hiking in Florida Trail, 
And guys, what else are you going to do in the winter? So a lot of people are now coming down and spending their winters section hiking or through hiking. But it's, you know, it's their way to get out of the snow. And for a lot of long-distance hikers, because I've been involved with the Appalachian Long-Distance Hikers Association since the mid-90s, for a lot of these people who go to the Alta Gathering every year and learn about the Florida Trail, they are now seeing it as a warm-up, kind of like Nimble Will did. A warm-up to do other trails, a warm-up to do the ECT, a warm-up before they go to the AT in March and start walking north. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people just almost basically do an ECT or, or maybe not necessarily start in the Keys, but they connect do the Alabama Connector and the Penhody after they get on the Florida Trail and head onto the Appalachian Trail. And that was definitely not nearly as common, you know, six, seven years ago. Oh, absolutely. Um, can we switch gears just a little bit? I, you know, because you guys, you've, taken on this Florida Trail guide, you're basically some of the biggest advocates for the Florida Trail. Um, Can you talk about the Florida Trail Hikers Alliance and why you formed it? Well, same thing goes back to the Florida Trail Association. You know, they're overwhelmed with what they have to do. They maintain and they build and they move around the trail constantly. And it's an enormous task. And, And that takes most of their energy. And what they've done in the past is they had one person as their long-distance hiking chair. Um, well, that long-distance hiking chair usually was a person that did it for multiple years until they kind of got burnt out, and it moved on to the next one. And I happened to be there and coming back into the Trail Association as Chuck Norris. You know, Randy Anderson was kind of stepping down, and a new person was filling in for him. Um, now one person to, to talk about this trail is just, it's too much for a single person. Mm -hmm. It it needed to be a committee, but it was never put together as a committee. Well, some, some personal problems in the family of the last long distance hiker, he had to step down, uh, to help take care of a relative and the position went vacant and there was no effort to fill it in. And we had hiking season coming up. And Sandy and I had talked to this before about the fact that, you know, between Sandy, myself, Lou Ann, and, our, you know, and Randy, we were ambassadors. So we thought, wow, between a core of us, and we contacted another friend of ours, Phyllis Malinsky, um, who is a long-distance hiker, hops around different places as her job would allow her. And the five of us as a core um, put together the Hikers Alliance. We also talked to the Jim Curran, the founder. We talked to the Florida Trail, said what we wanted to do. Uh, and we talked to several of the past long-distance hiking coordinators that had been there. And they all thought it was a wonderful idea. And the, the idea grew out of the concept of the Appalachian Long-Distance Hikers Association. ALDA is kind of a, a partnership organization with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. Okay. They, they service the hikers, ATC services the community at large. So we saw this as being like the Alda version for the Florida Trail. Okay. Specifically out there as the motto is hikers helping hikers for the Florida Trail. But basically the way I look at it is we as an organization have become the glue 
that has put together the Florida Trail community. The people were always out there. They just never had a single point, and they never had someone to, as I usually call, herd cats. Right. Together and, and put all our energies together to make something better. And for a number of years, Randy and Luann had put on a very low-key kickoff mm-hmm. down at Big Cypress, which, you know, word got out, but it didn't get very far. And so part of this was to elevate that to the, the status of, hey, this is a real event. It's a National Scenic Trail. You need to be paying attention. Now, now part of the reason for the Hikers Alliance as well is for, you know, almost... Closing in on 20 years now, I've been the major point of contact for trail information on the Florida Trail. And, you know, John, with his background in, in space and planning, you know, we talked about the fact that a single point of contact is also a single point of failure. Yes. What happens when I'm not available? What happens when I don't want to be available? What happens when I have no say in the matter? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. We wanted to look at legacy and say, how do we pass this legacy forward? I started a nonprofit or a foundation with your ideas and goals, and then you want to hand it on to the next generation to keep them running with it because an opportunity has come up for Sandy and I to spend the next several years of our life walking over and doing the uh, Community Santiago. There's a walkway in Japan of the 88 temples I want to do. There's a whole world of trails out there that are now becoming available to us. And we can't be answering questions about, do I turn left or right at that blaze if we're not here? So it was time, again, to put the legacy and the next group to step up and start filling in, which is where we are currently with our trail association. We just got a couple of new members on the board, much younger. One is a parent of multiple children. So he has, as I say, a dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. He, he has a good reason to make sure that this goes on for the next generation for his children. So what are hikers, ex- can they expect from the Florida Trail Hikers Alliance when they contact you? Um, what kind of support do, do you give or other than the trail kickoff and um, any assistance along the trail along the way? Well, a couple things going on with the Hikers Alliance. First is we launched a series of forums. Uh, It started with some online bulletin boards a few years back and then morphed into Facebook groups because that seems to be where everybody is nowadays. And in those Facebook groups, we have multiple administrators who are there at any time who can jump in and answer questions. But more importantly, uh, Florida Trail Hikers is the main one, by the way. More importantly, It's the connectivity of people who have hiked the trail, people who are trail maintainers in certain sections, section leaders, Mm -hmm. people who have local knowledge of changes to the trail who can jump in and instantly answer a question. So it doesn't have to be the question comes to me, I go to them, then I get back to the person who asked the question. Those answers come immediately. So that's the number one thing is that connectivity of the trail community in Florida. The the second thing are the special events, the kickoff, which helps facilitate getting people to the beginning of the trail. Unfortunately, you know, we had to scratch it this season because water levels in Big Cypress were so high that, you know, our board of directors 
basically we didn't feel comfortable with the fact that we didn't want to send people out into what could potentially be a dangerous situation. We needed them to make that decision for themselves. We didn't want to facilitate it. Right. Uh, Billy Goat Day, which is the annual gathering in uh, late January, it's now going to officially be the last Saturday in January each year, uh, has morphed from just a little gathering to say, happy birthday, Billy Goat. (laughs) For those who don't know Billy Goat, he's hit 50,000 miles of lifetime hiking, and he started when he retired from his job sometime in his early 50s. He's currently in his late 70s, so do the math. A lot of walking. Um, What Billy Goat Day has morphed into is a reunion of Florida trail hikers, people from past years, uh, also dreamers, kind of like the all the gathering, people who want to do the trail show up, uh, trail maintainers. People meet other people. And we actually had what? We had 75, 80 last time, which is a good crowd. This there, January. There's another piece of it that people don't think about is these people, some of them actually walk into where we're holding the event from Big Cypress. They've walked all the way here. Mm-hmm. And we do provide rides to, from, and beyond. We try to bring them all back and it's all there. But what we did is we've opened it up, and especially the Orlando area right now, to the local trail organization with FTA plus anyone else that's into hiking, and it's become an opportunity for people that have never met a thru-hiker. Let's face it, thru-hikers are, you know, they're on a different plateau than a lot of other people. You should know. So people get Mm -hmm. to come out, and they meet these long-distance hikers that they've only read about and seen online. So sometimes they're inspired to go out and do some hiking. It may not be thru-hiking, but what we've noticed is they become inspired to become trail angels yes we've had people once they meet these hikers and realize they're real life humans and they're nice people that have stepped up and are helping the hikers along the way now maybe in the future if we grow a little larger and we get a little more thing we can have events like this more than just on billy goat's birthday maybe we can move it further up the state and then maybe later on we could have another one in the panhandle because it would be an opportunity to introduce the community to the hikers. Right. And that's one of the others where we wanted to be an outreach and an educational is what we were for our Hikers Alliance. Right. Being an educational nonprofit, we do have a number of line item things that various people on the board are working on. And some of those will come to fruition in the next year, but they all have to do with getting the community more involved with the trail and better understanding of the trail. Yeah, that was definitely one of the problems, you know, I found while hiking the trail that you could definitely run into people, even fishermen or hunters that were, you know, on an Orange Blaze trail, but they had no idea that it was a Florida trail. So definitely that connection to the locals um, population and getting them to understand what the Florida trail is in the communities um, would be very helpful. Yeah, even and, the law enforcement, not all the people in law enforcement realize they have a trail going through their community. That's one of the things that we're trying to work on is put something together because one of the jokes that I tell people is if you're up along the Appalachian Trail and some bearded guy comes out with a backpack, kind of grungy looking, puts you <laughs> out, you know that's a through hiker and you're going to give him a ride. Yeah. Right? I've witnessed this myself. I came out smelly wearing my backpack with a big old beer in Florida. 
and I'm sitting there and people would cross the road to go around me because <laughs> they naturally assumed I was a homeless person. Right. So I, we want to, we want to somehow put together a package to, you know, if the guy's hiking with, you know, a hundred and something dollar leckies or, uh, a hiking poles like that they're more than likely not a homeless person you know if, if they're dre- if they're wearing cuban fiber uh, packs and they got several thousand dollars in gear they're not homeless folks right another aspect of the organization is recognition and something we've launched this year is the thousand miler award and the idea is to recognize people who have completed the trail in their own way but they're you know, linear thousand miles in whatever thousand miles of the trail it happens to be and give them a certificate. And so when folks register on the uh, floridatrailhikers.org website that they've done that, then we go ahead and put together a certificate and email it out to them. All right. Has that had a good um, uh, reception from through hikers? Yes, definitely. So you mentioned that, you know, the Florida Trail is just one component of your work. You know, obviously, Florida Hikes is um, the mo- the biggest overall overarching uh, website for, you know, hiking in Florida. And I've seen you guys updating a lot of posts in the last few days about trails and things about the Florida Keys. So can you talk about Florida Hikes and what that website can do for hikers who are looking to just see other trails in Florida? Sure. Uh, I started Florida Hikes basically as a blog 12 years ago because I'd done the uh, 50 hike series and trails were changing. And I contacted my publisher and they had no interest in updating books. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. So I thought I would start getting the word out there myself about changes in trails, new trails and whatnot. Now, the little secret in my background is I used to work in IT. Back before Mm. I became a writer. So I learned to program websites back when the internet was a baby. And I took it as my mission to go ahead and create a database of trails to Florida. And that's kind of how Florida Hikes got rolling after the initial year of being a blog. So the idea with it was to document as many of the trails in Florida as I could humanly visit, which, of course, having, having jobs, having work, having paid things to do, Mm-hmm. <laughs> meant it was kind of a side project for a long, long time. Uh, when John came into the picture, it expanded into areas I didn't do previously, cycling and paddling, mm-hmm. because those are areas where he has the expertise and the knowledge. She had no idea how large the cycling world was. No. Um, and she's just she had started riding with me a great deal. We've been doing multiple trails now. And she's realizing um, how large it is. And we're realizing that when you go online, how difficult it is to find good information about cycling the trails. Well, Mm -hmm. and that goes for any trails, really. One of the things I found very quickly is you get quite frustrated when you look for trail information in Florida, other than on our website, because government agencies are constantly changing their URLs. Yes. And changing the information they put on their websites. And it often is as bare bones as can be. So what, you know, I saw as providing was something more comprehensive. 
And that's what Florida Hikes has grown to become. We have over 2,000 pages of information on there. It's categorized by different, um, what do you want to call it? Affil- affiliations, things like dog-friendly trails and family-friendly trails, places to backpack, that kind of thing, keywords. But then also by region and by specific communities, like you saw this week. We're going crazy with updates on the Florida Keys because we spent a week down there and wanted to go ahead and get all the changes out there all at once to let our audience know that the Keys are actually doing pretty well after Hurricane Irma. There's just a handful of places that aren't. Yeah, some of some of the updates have made me a little sad seeing Bahia Honda and Long Key State Parks. Oh. Here's another example of how teamwork has made such a big difference is I'm, I'm hopping on a bicycle. And I'm riding up with the Overseas Heritage Trail. And while I'm heading north, Sandy is hitting all the parks along the way. Mm. And campgrounds. And the campgrounds. <laughs> and, you know, so we're getting, we're getting two for one at the same time, which is one of the things we've constantly done when we, when we became on our professional side now. Uh, you know, we get, we get the bicycling side at the same time she's getting the trail side. And actually, you just haven't seen it yet. Eventually, some of the paddling will come in because I was doing some paddling the week before. And then we have a travel section on the website that's kind of an outgrowth of the travels we've done together over the past handful of years. That's going to be broken into its own website over the next year. We've talked about launching, and we already have an Instagram feed called Trails and Travel, Mm -hmm. where, you know, for both of us, our, our interests in travel are more about the outdoors, more about things like nature trails and bike trails and long distance trails. And then, you know, going and enjoying a comfortable place to stay and good food and visiting the little museums and cultural activities. And so that's what, what we're going to be doing with our travel information as we morph that out into a separate website. Okay. Well, I think kind of try to wrap up a little bit here. Um, I don't want to end quite yet, but I do want to ask if you guys could share your favorite sections of the Florida Trail and then maybe talk about other your favorite trails off the Florida Trail. It could be the paddling trails or the bike trails, something that people should uh, know about that may not be uh, aware of. You like dry places. Well, yeah, I, I grew up I grew up there. <laughs> I'm not a swamp person, so basically I draw a line about South Florida. I mean, <laughs> but the, the problem I have is being that Boy Scout who earned all those badges, it's impossible for me to pick a particular thing. I have to ask someone, what do you want? What do you want to see? And what do you want to get out of it? And then direct them in that position. My first studying, I was actually going to be a school teacher. And then the, that never went all the way through, and I became a space worker instead. But I love to teach and help people get out there and do it. One of my joking bylines, remember, I, I, I'm no longer anywhere near 21, 31, 41, or 51. <laughs> so the joke is, you know, if the old gray-bearded guy can do it, how hard can it be? Right. So we get an awful lot of younger people that will go out and try something, and older people as well, that may not have tried it if they hadn't seen us out there doing it. So I, I don't care where, what, or how as long as they go do it. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the irony of being in the public eye with this for almost 20 years <laughs> is I feel like I'm aging out. It's like, no, not yet, but 
you know, I want to go out and just have fun and stop reporting on it. <laughs> so, um, as far as the Florida Trail goes, there's so much beauty and diversity. It's hard to pick. I will tell you some of my recent favorites. It can find a creek. Spectacular. That is the overnight hike that everyone should do. Yes. It's that piece of the Florida Trail up in the Panhandle north of Panama City. Um, the Swanee section. I'd say 90% of it, you know, absolutely spectacular. The fact that you have rugged bluffs, you have side hill, lots of funky geologic formations, the views of the river, and some really nice places to camp along the way. Yeah, that's in historic sites as well. That's always been a favorite for me. Yeah, uh, when I first came to the trail, the Ocala was my go-to place because I lived in Ocala. And uh, actually, my very first volunteer work on the Florida Trail was in the building of the trail on the Cross Florida Greenway before it was even Mm -hmm. open. And so those two spots, you know, hold a special place in my heart. But honestly, over the years, they've gotten so used and loved. And, you know, I don't want to say quite loved to death, but I don't want to send everybody there. There's too many other places to go. Right, right. And I'm not going to give you a favorite. Okay. But I'm going to tell you one that... That had the biggest effect on me. I walked across Big Cypress Swamp. I've never had my feet wet. You know, we don't get I don't get my feet wet where I go hike. Uh, Sandy couldn't go on that trip because her mom was ill and she was helped take care of mom. So I went down and walked across the Big Cypress uh, with a group that uh, Chuck and Tigger was leading. Uh, without a map. Without a map. <laughs> and I was and I was too fast to keep with the slow people and too slow to stay with the fast people. So I spent a great deal of it alone walking through the swamp. And I absolutely hated every minute of it. <laughs> I cussed and swore more than I could possibly imagine. Somebody actually came up and goes, that's what they remember the most about me. However, now I look back at the photographs that I took when I was doing that hike. And I think about where I was in the middle of what I call nowhere. It's very hard to get to something like that anymore. Uh, and there's no place in the world that you're going to go hike across anything like Big Cypress. So it is such a unique spot. It's not for a new person. It needs to be for a person that's got some experience and it needs to be the right conditions. But it is one of those places that when you can look at a map of Florida, which most people would see and say, look, you see 41 there and you see I-75 and there's a big swamp in between there. I walked across that. Yeah. And you can understand. Yep, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for uh, sharing those uh, and sharing that story. I remember when, remember when you hiked across Big Cypress and writing about that and and the problems you went through. So it's a, it's definitely a it's a treacherous well, area sometimes. He, he got the GPS yeah. track that everyone follows so in the Florida Trail app. And I will, and I will do it again, probably one more time. With the right shoes, of course. But, uh, I will <laughs> and probably, the right. And the right. And yeah, like I say, I will probably, as long as my health will allow, uh, we'll see about next year. For like four solid years, Sandy has tried to get there to make it, and something has kicked her out every time, including fires this year. And it's very frustrating because it is the last continuous piece of the trail I need to complete all oh. the footpath. Wow. Okay. Well, I will probably so get my big, feet wet. Big celebration after. Yes. Now, do you plan on doing the little eight-mile section to Loop Road ever? 
Already did. Oh, okay. Okay. You've got that one. Good. Never mind. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but it's a gorgeous section. (laughs) It it was one of the very first sections I did. Okay. I loved it. I was with a group that time. Well, I guess to wrap up, where else can people follow Florida Hikes online and maybe talk about the Florida Trail Hikers Alliance? Um, they have an Instagram too now. And yep, sure. we, you you know best to to search for them on Instagram. But we have the Florida Trail Hikers Alliance on Instagram. We've got floridatrailhikers.org, which is the website for that. On our website, floridahikes.com, click on Florida Trail, and it'll take you to a totally separate. Uh, subsite which you can walk through the entire Florida Trail piece by piece just by clicking back or forward through each section and see components of the trail as well as our suggestions for our favorite sections of the trail. And then on Instagram, you can follow us on Florida Hikes. Uh, on Facebook, we've got the Florida Trail which is, you know, photos from our coffee table book on the uh, the history of the Florida Trail we did a couple years ago. We've got Florida Hikes. The uh, Hikers Alliance is on there. And goodness, there's so much going on on Facebook, I lose track of it. But <laughs> there, we've been pushing out a lot of inspiration to social media over the past few years. And I hope that's been part of the wave of getting people more interested and they in turn sharing their inspiring moments of being out there. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, coming on the podcast. I know people are going to be excited to, to hear your perspectives and um, to maybe get to know you guys just a little bit more. I know I learned a lot. Um, I feel like I've, you know, I've been reading your site for, you know, well over 10 years and, you know, getting to know John a little bit from the background since he uh, came on board. Um, so it was good to talk to you guys. And thanks for getting in touch yep. with us and wishing you well with the continuation of this podcast. Yeah, I hope it I hope it goes on well. 